ridiculous. Keith Stunky says protesters should be careful what they wish for. And if they keep pushing companies like Amazon, they could lose. And I wouldn't want to take that chance. Stand up, fight back! That's exactly what frustrates Tiffany McCoy. Amazon paused two construction projects pending the tax vote. And what they're doing is what is a tried and true tactic of the bosses. It's pitting workers against workers, against their own class interests. Wow, so you've got Marxists marching in Seattle and people taking them seriously. And this, uh, this one gal, who this uh, city councilwoman, who is just a treat. Well, she's a Marxist. Um, Amazon has announced, well, wait a minute. If you're going to hit us with tens of millions of dollars in extra taxes, keeping in mind that's on top of payroll taxes, sales taxes, property taxes, and Amazon owns dizzying amounts of property, uh, and, and all the sales taxes that all their employees generate, the rest of it, all the economic activity. If you're going to hit us with the 50, 60, 70 million dollars in extra taxes just because we're creating jobs, we're going to halt a couple of construction projects. We're not sure we want to expand here. And this uh, Sawant woman, what's her name? Uh, Shama Sawant was shrieking at the city council meeting. They are bullying us. This is extortion. This is extortion. Now, how deluded and twisted is your thinking about economics? If you levy a heavy tax on a company for doing something and they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I guess we better not do that then. And you call that extortion? You can't be reasoned with. You tax cigarettes to make people smoke less of them. It's one of your theories. Exactly. What do you think you're doing when you tax an Amazon? Soda tax. Why do you do that? So there's less soda being drank. So now you're taxing jobs. What effect is that going to have? Well, this is extortion. This is a classic strategy of the bosses to pit worker against worker and against their own class struggle. Do you think there's any chance? Amazon's one of the smartest companies in the world. Uh, And and fast on their feet. Do you think there's any chance they're going to open up their new headquarters and it'll become the headquarters over time? Entirely possible. Yeah, I'll bet that's their strategy. They can't announce that out loud. There'd be a revolt and there'd be all kinds of problems. Um. And a lot of their vibe with being hip and cool is, you know, comes out of Seattle. But I could see them picking a spot somewhere in the country, and and cities are offering them all kinds of sweet deals tax wise, mm-hmm. and talking about building highways toward wherever their headquarters is, and just all kinds of stuff. Um, they just end up making that her headquarters. Say, sorry, I know we started in Seattle, but it's just way too expensive. It's too expensive for our employees to live there, so we have to pay them too much. You're taxing us. There's all kinds of reasons. Right, so goodbye. Interestingly enough, a lot of the unions in the area are saying, would you cut it out with these extra... Would you quit your personal vendetta against Amazon, please? This will be fun to watch. Like you said, this is an experiment in basic economics that we're going to get to see play out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they quote a number of people. Um, be like if Detroit had really taxed the hell out of uh, GM in 1950. And literally they said, okay, to punish them. I guess we'll go build cars in Austin then. Now, here's here's what's going on. Seattle and King County declared a state of emergency over homelessness in 2015. Cost of living pressures have continued to worsen. The number of homeless students in the city's public schools has tripled to nearly 4,300. Seattle home prices are rising faster than anywhere else in the country. The median price for a house is now $777,000, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, they mentioned that hundreds of millions of dollars 
have been spent in recent years in King County on homelessness. And uh, according to one business leader, the spending keeps going up. We're not seeing results. The results are getting worse every year. Yep, because you attract more people. Yes, exactly. So listen, I'm not saying skyrocketing housing costs aren't a problem and a challenge. Don't but you? But your super progressive enclaves with these solutions are doing exactly the wrong things. And you know, but again, I I I love the fact that we don't have a centrally planned economy in this country. That different cities and counties and states can can try different stuff and and you know and enact whatever idiotic unicornian philosophies they hold dear and then see them crash and burn or work so uh the first lady's kidney getting a lot of attention looking at the uh, tv news this morning not really but yeah it's everywhere look at that all the screens i only melania and her kidney i'm only about her bladder why nothing about her bladder i'm only interested from the gossiping standpoint of what's going on with their marriage and uh you know to what extent they they hang out together at all, other than public functions, they might be they might be m- more like a regular married couple than I can even imagine, or they might never speak to each other <laughs> outside of these engagements. I don't know. You know, I I have an idea what my marriage would be like if uh, it turned out while uh, Laura was pregnant with Sam, I had been with a a handful of different women, mm-hmm. hookers and whatnot, but, porn skanks. <laughs> what if Melania's urethra, though? We haven't heard a word about the urethra. Mm. I don't. I don't need to know anything about the first lady's urinary uh, tract. I don't need to know much. Yeah, I hope she gets better. She seems like a nice enough gal. Uh, got a couple minutes. Back up topic uh, briefly. The, the, a number of people are texting about this. I think we've struck a nerve. I know it struck a nerve with me. In defense of hobbies was the article in the New York Times, and it brought back the idea of doing stuff just for fun, relaxation, to help your brain, or because it's what you want out of life, as opposed to, I'm going to make money off of this somehow, <laughs> right. or compete with this somehow. Right. Yeah, and, just, and people's complete lack of comprehension that you're doing something just because you like it, it brings you joy. And, and that's it. And I think my <clears throat> brain has got warped on this, and uh, certainly society's had has. Uh, we got a, a number of texts. The example they used in the article was... You know, playing in a band. Well, are you getting gigs? Are you making money? Are you making a record? Are you selling? No, we just we get together in the garage and we play, and that that's why we that's why we're it's doing fun. And uh, and and the idea of sh- she macrameed something or did string art or something like that, and was thinking about putting it on Etsy and selling them, and then finally thought, well, no, I can just do this for the hell of it. I can just have a drawer drawer full of doilies that nobody ever sees or uses. That's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. That's not that's uh, that's the opposite of crazy. Or a waste of time. Um, it, it, you know, I'm reading a little about the neuroscience of it, and it's kind of similar to sleep in some ways. It creates a space where you're calm, and that leads to being mentally more active, insight, etc. Um, leisure is incredibly important. I'm a knitter. I often make sleeves. And I'm a man who craves leisure. <laughs> uh, well, I find it a leisure activity. And I have trouble myself. I practice my guitar whenever I have any free time, which is like five minutes per day. And often think, what am I doing this for? Well, I'm doing it so I don't go crazy. Exactly. That's why I'm doing it. To put off homicidal rage. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to lead to anything. Well, that's this one. I'm a knitter, and I often make sleeves for coffee cups. I constantly hear, you should sell those. 
Um, when I demure, if asked, then why do you make these? I reply, I knit so I don't kill people. <laughs> like you, for instance. You're first on the list. Which is a perfectly good reason to do it. Well, you guys have no idea how much I needed to hear this last segment about hobbies. My wife and I took up home brewing and got really good at it. Then all our friends and family started asking when we were going to open a brewery. Or a brewery. I got really pressured and into it and burned out and lost all my motivation to brew. Wow. That's... that's uh... I almost said, that's great. That's not what I mean. That's a great example. Wow, what a beautiful example. You know what? That's that's why my band has been on a hiatus for a couple of years. It turned into a business. That's not why I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. Why do, why, why do you write these? Why do you record them? Why do you, because the same reason somebody sits around and paints a, a bowl of fruit. And we did it's fun. And we didn't used to do that. Your grandpa could carve little wooden bears in the garage. Right. And it wasn't to make extra money. They just went in a drawer and nobody saw them. Maybe they weren't very good. Maybe they were awesome. Who cares? What that's, I'd give for one of my granddad's uh, carved bears if only he'd carved some. That's not the point. Yeah, I, in defense of hobbies, that's a good one. We need to bring that back. And I think it kind of fits into that uh, graduation speech we played a little bit ago where the valedictorian talked about how I I didn't get into band, I didn't get into journalism, I didn't get into drama, I thought it would affect my GPA and blah, 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 this. and Wow, that you know what? I salute that kid. That's some real insight at a young age. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Um, yeah. I, or, or, or the flip side be, should we admire the, our culture that everything is about trying to figure out how to make a money, no. make a living and uh, get ahead? No. Culture, the great undiscussed aspect of life that, that is completely ignored by most people, even as they're screaming at each other about culture. You've got, for instance, the South Korean culture, where it is a brutally achievement based culture. Mass suicides across the country when kids don't get into the proper school because there's one big big exam. Your whole life leads up to that. You take it, you don't do well, you off yourself, and it's just go go go. Consumerism, consumer, just a mad level of consumerism by American standards. And then you've got various you know island nations where people ooch around, they hang out in their hut, they listen to the waves crash, they gather just enough food to survive, and they you know. They live that way. What's the proper balance? The I'll tell you what the answer isn't. Well, what's around me now, I guess. As created by, you know, advertising culture and and, and rampant consumerism and the, the loss of, you know, the family and, and religion and the rest of it. Just because it is doesn't mean it's right. So, yeah, I, I think this, this article and this topic really does strike a chord with a lot of people. I don't want to live like a South Korean. With all due respect to that fine country and their Samsung phones and, and, and Kia automobiles. I think Kia's from there. Um, I don't think that's a healthy way to spend your time as a human being in the limited years we get. But that's me. So both for us as individuals and uh, and for other people. If you, if you come across somebody who's doing any of these activities, don't ask them if they're making money off of it. Don't insist they commercialize it. <laughs> right. And act like it's a waste of time or failure or something if they're not. This is there is a this achievement oriented culture. Why pick up the guitar if you're not going to become the best at it? Why make something if you can't sell it? Better spend your time doing something that actually has value. All right. Not going crazy has a value. Right. Not becoming homicidal or somewhere near it has a pretty decent value. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the coverage of the whole Jerusalem Embassy thing, which is ongoing. And uh, and everywhere, everywhere, a lot of pictures of the mayhem. 
Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Said, son, now can you sing a little bit more clear? Said your voice might be to country next to what they've been here. Can you sing a the little- embassy of the most powerful nation on earth? Our greatest ally, the United States of America. Today, its embassy opened here. What a difference. While presidents before him have backed down from their pledge to move the American embassy once in office, this president delivered. Because when President Trump makes a promise, he keeps it. Was that Jared? That was was young Jared. That's Jared! That was Jared Kushner, the uh, son-in-law. You know, I'm looking at the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle, which I'm guessing leans toward uh, support of, or at least a great deal of sympathy for, the Palestinian cause. Um, They've got mayhem and death on the front page. Whereas you could have gone with the, uh, you know... The smiling people there at the uh, the opening of the embassy. Right. Um, if it bleeds, it leads. That's one of the oldest sayings in journalism. Sure, sure. But as, uh, as, as was pointed out by one Joe Scarborough on MSNBC this morning, it was a weird split screen where you had on one side smoke, bodies. I mean, it looked like a battle in a war. 50-some dead people, but 2,400 hospitalized. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, you had the split screen of that, and what looked like, as he said, the VIP room at the Belmont Stakes. <laughs> I mean, it just—I mean, it was quite the weird split screen, and right. and not a, a lot of, or actually, I didn't hear any acknowledgement in the speeches of what was going on outside, just down the road. Right, probably should have acknowledged that a little more, don't you think? And to our friends, the Palestinians, I don't know. I think... we want to work with you. Blah blah blah. A little more of that. Yeah, I suppose they could have thrown that in. Maybe they're just used to it. Could be. Yeah, I uh, I heard, we tried to, we're looking for this tape, there's a really nice contrasting of the news coverage of the opening, the moving of the American embassy in Israel uh, versus the opening of the embassy in Havana, in which the CNNs and NBCs of the world, it was constant, oh, this is controversial, the Trump administration being blamed, blah, 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 blah. And just glowing terms about the opening in Havana, this wonderful day, this exciting, this historic day. Look at the flag. And, you know, that was the opening of an embassy in a oppressive communist regime, which has killed, tortured, starved its many tens of thousands through the years, threatened the United States, et cetera, et cetera. And, but it was glowing coverage from the networks. That was their narrative. And that is interesting to me. It just did. Shows that journalists bring attitudes to every story. Well, and there was a downplaying of Chuck Schumer, who's the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, one of the leaders of the entire party. And one of the leaders of the resistance. Who was glowing reviews of Trump's move. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't give that a lot of airtime. Right. right. That's an interesting uh, subtopic. But So listen, it was bloody. It was terrible. It was awful. CNN at one point described the protests as peaceful protests, which is just lying it's terrible you have hamas according to the wapo 
organizing these massive protests. They've been planned for days and days and days. And the idea is we'll storm the fence. And NPR, to their credit, had uh, interviews in the last couple of days with Palestinian youths who are saying that, yeah, my dream is that hundreds of thousands of us will swarm over the fence and into Israel. What will you do when you get into Israel? Kill Jews, was the answer. And so Hamas organizes this, and then at one point during the protest yesterday, according to the WAPO and others, they spread the word that the, uh, the fence has been breached, the guard posts are abandoned, we can all rush into Israel. They said that from the rear, and everybody surged toward the border. And the Israeli troops opened fire, thinking that they were under attack. And, again, to the credit of NPR, I was shocked to hear this, they interviewed a Hamas leader. Uh, They said, what good have these protests done over the last couple of days? And the guy said, well, it's put our cause back on the front pages around the world. So they martyred a bunch of people to get some press, to get their point of view back in front of the world. Well, it's on the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle, as I mentioned, and man, they're, they're not headline, but the biggest print that's above the picture is, this is not an embassy. It's a U.S. settlement outpost in Jerusalem, which that's was, which was Mahmoud Abbas, is quote. They don't have a quote from the president of this country or the leader of the only free democracy in the Middle East talking about how great it is that we open it. They don't have a quote from anybody involved in the fact that both parties support this happening. And have on a huge basis for for decades. decades. They don't have a quote Joe Getty Chronicle. Everybody knows the capital of Israel's Jerusalem. It's where the government is. Barack Obama said he was going to do it. Bill Clinton said he was going to do it, along with George Bush and Donald Trump. It just finally actually happened. But they put the quote from Mahmoud Abbas on there, Palestinian president. Uh, and then I get back to why do we pay, why do I pay so much attention to it? I think it's just a habit at this point, isn't it? There, are, it, it there that's a lot of it, and and you know the the seat of the three great religions on earth. That's interesting, is right there. Which is odd if you think about it. Yeah, that's interesting. But man, there's all kinds of disputed territories around Africa and various places in the world. Southeast East, Asia yeah. is a bloodbath right now. Your Tibet's your your. Uh, Myanmar, Malaysia. And and, and people get killed all the time in rolling street battles over these sorts of things. We don't pay any attention at all. I'm not exactly sure why that is. The Middle East thing is just kind of a habit. How about the two family firebombing or suicide bombings? Was it Malaysia, I think? Two families martyred themselves, strapped bombs to everybody, and then blew up a a bunch of churches because you got to kill those Christians. And then a few days later, they strapped bombs to themselves and blew up an army uh, facility. Entire families. Now that's healthy. That's something. Anywho, I'm not sure why we still pay so much attention to it now that oil is not a factor. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got a lot of questions about President Trump's recent moves to save jobs in China. And the co-pilot of a jetliner was sucked halfway out of the cockpit. What is going on? We've got those stories coming up minutes from now. What airline? What airline? You'll hear minutes from now. No. (laughs) Plus the weird China, it's Trump saving Chinese jobs things. What is going on there? And how about those warriors all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show? talked a lot about mental health in recent months as a nation, whether it's the homeless situation or school shooters 
and people with guns and all that sort of thing and how mental health needs to be available, blah, blah, blah. Uh So yesterday I went to uh, a psychiatrist who's going to see my youngest, seeing if that's maybe something that can help us. First time I'd ever gone. The copay. This is with insurance. The copay was $340 for one appointment. Oh, wow. Wow. Holy crap. Wow. With insurance. So the idea of being able to afford without insurance, I'm assuming, is just not, uh, well, it wouldn't be affordable for most people, period, if you're going to have to go very often. Yeah, We've depending on figure... what sort of plan you have, yeah, high copay, low copay, whatever. Right. Yeah. We've got to figure that out as a country. Uh, just awful. figure that out. God, you, you combine that, the mental health care complexity, with the screwed up state of insurance. Medical right. care in general. Nobody knows who's paying what or where the money's going, and that's awful. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is helping get a phone company in China back in business. In a tweet on Sunday, Trump said he'd been working with Chinese President Xi to give massive Chinese phone company ZTE a way to get back into business fast. Washington Post columnist David Ignatius telling MSNBC he is flabbergasted by that decision. Military uh, uh, officers and soldiers are not allowed to use ZTE phones on military bases because they're seen as a threat, and that's the company that Donald Trump just bailed out. Trump tweeting, too many jobs in China lost. The Commerce Department has been instructed to get it done. Now, ZTE is a telecom equipment and smartphone maker, employs thousands of people across the world. The decision comes after the Trump administration last month barred any American companies from doing business with ZTE until 2025 because the company had been doing business with Iran and North Korea and then lying to government regulators about it. Yeah, brief summary. They're sanctions violators like crazy. They steal American technology, and they are a willing arm of of Chinese intelligence services. And, you know, do we have the the tape of the, uh, the, the military leaders? No. Um, saying, no, I would never recommend anybody use these products. And you're not allowed to use them on basis. So these, this is a bad actor, this company. Yeah. But the president's so intent on, you know, better trade relations and or getting this North Korea deal right, done. Right, He's willing to, you know, turn a blind eye. I think it's too much. It's way too much. Yeah, there's some belief that this is part of the negotiation with right. China over North Korea. So well, maybe and there it's are one giant those, trade negotiations going on. Maybe so. it's one of those greater good things. I don't know. Well, yep. I, I would suggest, and I think cooler heads are also suggesting to the POTUS that, no, wait a minute. No, we can't overlook this stuff. White House Press uh, Secretary Raj Shah refused to answer any questions about the ZTE deal yesterday. Yeah, and, and you're, asking, that but you're asking about a private organization's dealings that may have to do with a foreign government. That's not something that I can speak to. There you go. President Trump was tweeting this morning, trade negotiations continuing with China. They've been making hundreds of billions of dollars a year from the U.S. for many years. Stay tuned. That was Trump. Uh, Trump tweet from this morning. All right. You know, that it also could be the Trumpian. Hey, maybe we could just uh, forget about the sanctions on ZTE. And then he goes in and says, here's what we need to do that. Yeah. And maybe, as Jack suggested, the greater good is served. But... Uh, that's a bad actor, as I said. People on Hawaii's big island on edge waiting for the possible violent eruption to Kilauea. The volcano's been opening cracks in the earth, spewing lava and toxic gas for more than a week, destroying homes, prompting the uh, evacuations of thousands of people. Scientists say it all could be a precursor to a massive eruption 
that could be sending boulders and ash flying through the air. NBC's Miguel Almaguer saying... As 2,000-degree lava inside the crater drains into cooler groundwater below, there could be a catastrophic steam explosion, potentially launching boulders the size of cars into the air like flaming missiles. Hmm, well, that's something. I did a very well-received report on volcanoes in the third grade, Jack, so I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. 2,000-degree giant boulders flying through the air. That seems like a problem. Yeah. Well, massive, superheated steam explosions, releasing the energy of many atomic bombs. Kerblooey. Now, are volcanoes as unpredictable as earthquakes, where it could happen, you know, the big one could happen right now or in 10,000 years? Not quite, but they're certainly unpredictable. There are 169 volcanoes in the United States that could erupt at any time. 50 are considered high priorities for monitoring. Hmm. That's a lot of volcanoes. And here I am not monitoring a single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Co-pilot of a jetliner in China got sucked halfway out of the cockpit, according to the pilot. The plane had to make an emergency landing yesterday after part of the windshield just blew out. The pilot told reporters the Airbus A319 had just reached its cruising altitude of 32,000 feet when there was a deafening sound that tore through the cockpit. The window blew out. He said the next thing he knew, his co-pilot had been sucked halfway out of the plane. Oh, I never thought about the sound. It would be insanely loud. Yes. And the uh, what saved the co-pilot from getting sucked all the way out, he was wearing a seatbelt, so that was holding him oh, in. Or he they had were, gone out. Yeah. Oh, jeez. They, they were trying to pull him back in. And I wonder, would that knock you unconscious, or would you be sailing through the air thinking, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, we're about two miles up. You fall at about 160 miles an hour. That'd be a, this is going to take a while. Co-pilot, turns out, had scratches and a sprained wrist, but that was all. I'd take that. Yeah. Wear your seatbelt. One of the other crew members got hurt. None of the passengers uh, was uh, hurt at all. Meanwhile, in the playoffs, Kevin Durant and the Warriors offense couldn't be slowed down as they went into Houston and beat the Rockets 119-106 in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. You have a 65-win season, so you can have home court advantage, and then you lose Game 1. That hurts if you're Houston. Durant went off for 37 points to help Golden State take a one-zip lead in the best of seven. After the game, the great Charles Barkley observing. You just see this game. The Rockets can't beat them. Like I said, I picked the Warriors in five. Can they win a game? No. They're not going to win a game. Hey, I picked the Warriors in five. I want to say I'm taking the Warriors in three. Hmm. It's the best of seven series. For It was not up on the humor there. Is that anybody who thinks Houston will win a game is an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You're supposed to make it seem like this is a close series, so you need to tune into every game and see every commercial. And you think Houston's got a chance, you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I say Houston absolutely wins a game. Well, and we'll take a on a wager readily. It's a game of streaks, Jack. They'll win a game, but they're not going to win the series. What are we betting, Joe? You don't think they're going to win a game? No. You name it. It ain't going to be easy. You name it, brah. It ain't going to be easy. A, uh, a Franklin? $100? No, that's a no. What's a 50? A grant. That's what I want. A, a grant. grant. Yes, a U.S. grant. Grant's making yes. a comeback. Yeah. I like grant bets. Yeah, I'll bet you 50 bucks. Are you sure you want to do that? I, I get the Warriors. I'm yeah. just making sure I have the I have the Warriors. You're, yeah. But you're un, you're betting Houston will not win a single game. Yes. All right, if you're I, on. If I had to choose a side, I'd choose Sean's side if it was my money. I don't think Houston will win a game. 
Well, you're not a degenerate gambler like me. <laughs> yeah, I go with Joe. I think Houston at least wins a game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I'll take hard action from all of you. It, it's hard to sweep wow. somebody, but wow! I hope you, you got a good place to sell your kidney. That was one seriously demoralizing loss for Houston last night. You bring it as hard as you can possibly bring it, and you lose by 13. Ouch. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Sports gambling legal now, baby. I'm making moves. <laughs> wow. Awesome. You'll be making it rain at a local stripatorium before you know it. Well, I'll take my payment in singles, sir. Are you rooting for Houston to win the series? No. See, that's the trouble I always have. I've ended up in wagers like that before where I'm rooting somehow against the team I want to win. <laughs> Oh, no. Overall, because I've gotten it maneuvered into something. <laughs> I would never bet against the Warriors winning the series. Right. But, but just, losing a single game, hell yeah. It's just it's just in general. I've had this happen before where I'm watching a game, but somehow I ended up with a bet where I'm hoping a team I want to win loses. How did that happen? Well, and when I win, I'll bring home the bacon in the style of Marshall, but Sean doesn't get any. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of a deal is that? I have to sit here and watch everyone else eat bacon with my money. You need to feel that loss. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk a little more about that uh, phone company there in China that that they're a bunch of spies. What the heck? Yeah. It's Trump being Trump. Among other things. China. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For a late night joke off in which uh, some story is big enough that a number of the late night comedians took it on. By the way, I caught a little Jimmy Fallon the other night. Man, that is one talented guy. It's old timey entertainment. Sure. Yep. And uh, he does well with it. I mean, it's just like it's silly jokes and dancing and just stuff like that. He'd have been a giant, giant star in the 70s. Of course, he's a giant star now. Yeah. No, he would have been the biggest star in the 70s. And he is giant now. But he did a a dance off thing with J-Lo that was just just incredible. A little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in the pants. In which they ended up flossing at the end, which I've just learned about recently. That's the hottest dance in America is flossing. Sean was telling me. It's good for the gums as well. (laughs) One of the reasons it's popular is because if you can't dance, you can still do it. It's a good dance for people who can't dance, but it's so popular. My son can't stop doing it. I mean, he does it walking down the hall to his room. Wow. And uh, Where does he come into contact with it? All the kids are doing it. Wow. Somehow, it just it, it, like fidget spinners, it just got out into the culture of, of little kids. And um, and I, so I, I mentioned it to um, and then there are variations of it. So his friend does an old man floss. It's wow. kind of funny. And, um, I'm going to watch a video as you're talking. So I brought it up to his dad, and, he, and his dad coaches the Little League team, and he said, oh, yeah, every kid in the outfield, one of them will start flossing, and pretty soon they're all flossing, <laughs> and nobody's paying any attention to the game. <laughs> what about the sanctity of the game? <laughs> I love youth sports for that. I know. I know. That is hilarious. But, yeah, flossing is the hot dance. All especially right. Here's if a, an, especially if you're an eight-year-old. Plucky, young, 12-year-old-looking girl whose uh, video has been viewed uh, three-quarters of a million times. Flossing. There she is. She's teaching people to floss. Excellent. And it's, again, it's, it, it if, stops gingivitis. If you're at a sporting event and they do the dance cam and you see a oh, kid, man. it's a very high probability that's the dance they will do. <laughs> then you got to bend over, apparently. It's just so she's... funny how things catch on. So him and his friends just walk down the sidewalk, flossing. 
for some reason. Uh, but anywho, late night joke off. Uh, three of the late night comics taking on one joke. W- what is the topic here? Uh, this is the Trump tweet that went out where he uh, essentially said the phrase "be cool" in relationship. I believe it was to the China trade deals or something like that, and they okay. are they're reacting to that phrase specifically. And Joe grades these, if I remember. Of correctly. course, yeah. I've donned my judge's robe and wig in the English style, and I will judge <laughs> each comedian. The bottom score getter will be banned from comedy for life. <laughs> A lot of people think the U.S. might be starting a trade war with China, but this weekend Trump tweeted, quote, be cool, it'll all work out. <laughs> In a related story, the president, the president may have just discovered weed. Uh, yeah. Be cool. Officials from the two countries have been negotiating furiously to avoid the worst case scenario, and yesterday Trump tweeted out this update. Past negotiations have been so one-sided in favor of China for so many years that it is hard for them to make a deal that will benefit both countries, but be cool. <laughs> it will all work out. Be cool? Since when does Donald Trump talk like a jet from West Side Story? Yesterday on Twitter, Trump tried to reassure Americans that the United States would work out a deal, writing, be cool. It will all work out. <laughs> Be cool. What, what are his next words of wisdom? <laughs> Chillax, guys. <laughs> this doesn't work out with China. No biggie. Either way, it'll be sick. <laughs> you know, I didn't like any of those jokes. Wow. I uh, laughed out loud at Fallon, gave him an A-. I thought it was uh, quite amusing and brief. Colbert, C-, and that was generous. Here's a little comedy hint for you kids out there. The length of your setup is dictated by the strength of your punchline. Mm. And Colbert's was way too long in his punchline was weak. Corden with a solid B. It, I thought it was weak, but it got stronger. On the other hand, he has been downgraded a full <laughs> grade for being a foreigner. Dang it. <laughs> which still has him in second place. Colbert banned from comedy for life. I have a theory that Trump was just, uh, he probably just finished watching the, the 1994 film classic Pulp Fiction and was incorporating the similar negotiating styles of one Jules Winfield played by Sam Jackson. Nobody's going to hurt anybody. We're all going to be like three little Fonzies here. And what's Fonzie like? Come on, Yolanda, what's Fonzie like? Cool. What? Cool. Correct the mundo. And that's what we're going to be. We're going to be cool. We're going to be cool, everybody. Uh, correct the mundo. There you go. That's some good leadership there. Uh, flossing, is that the new twerking, one texture said. There's no sexual component to flossing, it doesn't seem no to be. No more which than is, any other dance. Well, twerking which is, is the gyrating of the torso. Twerking which is, is particularly sexual. Well, I like my Baptist brothers and sisters. I am anti-dancing. Yes, twerking is just simulating it. That's presenting to the male of the species. Well said. Flossing is much more like the cabbage patch. Yeah, exactly. It's something innocent and anybody can do it. It's very nice. The word of the day to Google is lordosis. Lordosis. I'll Google it. It is presenting to the opposite sex of the species. Since we're on this topic, the floss dance began with a single young boy who posted a video of himself dancing, and it became a meme that went viral. Well, yeah, he, like, stole the, uh, the, uh... I didn't know that. The thunder of J-Lo while she was dancing, or I can't remember. I saw something as I was looking for videos, but... So flossing caught on, and now my kids are doing it. Yes, apparently. A friend of ours sent a video of their two-year-old doing it, and it was the cutest dang thing you've ever seen in your life. That's that's funny. This is not cute. 
You got a uh, mom showed up to her kid's high school play. They're starting to do that sort of stuff as you get toward the end of the year. She was uh, a little drunk, and apparently a little noisy. Some of the parents started to complain. Oh, boy. Then the teacher asked her to leave because she's being so noisy. It was disrupting from her, uh, her, her child's play. She would not leave. They called the cops. She fought the cops. Oh. And uh, they had to drag her out of the auditorium. They found... I'm not watching the play. I'm watching that. Uh, uh, who wouldn't? <laughs> because the kids are watching that. Everybody turns around in their seat. This is pretty good. <laughs> they found... She's... Mom. <laughs> they found eight 75 millimeter... How big is a 75 millimeter bottle? Which one is that? I'm an American. The, I don't use the metric system. That's got to be the airport one, right? Is that the airport one? Yeah, like the 750, I think, is... Like a 750, I Even think Even if it's, it's the, the airport size. one, she had eight of them in her purse, and seven of them were empty. So that's, you mm. know, that's plenty of vodka to go to your kid's high school play. Sure. So they actually took her, uh, took her to, to get jail. to through the, the slow part. In jail, she sat on the fire alarm, turning on the sprinkler system, and flooding the jail. Oh, boy. So there what you go. What a treat. She's uh, dealing with personal issues, said a relative. <laughs> so apparently, lordosis is also a spinal condition, which can make you kind of present your butt upward. I remember it from a neuropsychology class. They were talking about mice mating. Uh, but that's uh, it's a couple of different things. So don't bother Googling it. I did it for you. So just floss away and enjoy your lives. The why liberals aren't as smart as they think they are from the New York Times has wow. been making the rounds. We probably ought to touch on that at some point. Well, no, maybe. don't hurt anybody's feelings. I won't I won't have you in your harsh, harsh talk. And can we all gamble now? Is that the new Supreme Court ruling? Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.